Welcome to our podcast, We're Not So Different. I'm Samira. And I'm Ali. We're two professionals having real conversations about our experiences at home, work, and out in the community. We tell our stories through the lens of our different backgrounds to just find out that we're not so different. In our podcast, we'll explore ways that we can improve engagement and bridge social gaps while trying to find the humor in it all. Check us out on social media at WNSDifferent or email us at WNSDifferent at gmail.com. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of We're Not So Different. I'm Ali and I'm here with Samira and we are still going strong in the month of May, which is Mental Health Month. And on today's show, we have a very special guest who works in the mental health arena, and that is Mandy Ansari. Mandy is a digital marketer, brand strategist, tech nerd, and mental health advocate who works with startups to Fortune 500 companies to increase their reach and build their digital footprint through creative marketing. She leads community marketing at Bumble and is the lifestyle blogger behind GirlAndThe.com, a guide to chasing happiness for the modern girl. She shares daily stories and posts with 300K plus Instagram followers who know her as their virtual BFF. Mandy is obsessed with the internet's ability to make the world a smaller and more connected place. She's dedicated to helping her followers feel more understood and less alone. We'd like to thank you and welcome you to the We're Not So Different podcast, Mandy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be a guest, especially during Mental Health Awareness Month. It is a cause that is so near and dear to my heart and something I consider to be my life's work. So very happy to be here. Why don't we jump right in? Mandy, can you tell us a little bit about your journey with mental health and what had you become an advocate for it in such a public platform? Yeah, for sure. You know, growing up, to be honest, I've always been a very glass is more than full person, pretty optimistic and almost annoyingly optimistic. I've had people, you know, be like, okay, like, stop, you're too positive. And I didn't really understand depression, anxiety, or stress. It was just something that truly wasn't a part of my childhood and maybe early 20s, believe it or not, which, you know, blessed, but it definitely hit me hard a little bit later in life. When I turned 31, a long-term relationship ended. And within weeks of that, my best friend, who was also my roommate, took her own life. And so very intimately involved in her own personal struggle with depression and anxiety. And um, she also dealt with with bipolar and manic episodes. And so it was something I learned a lot about uh, through that. And it was interesting. It's kind of like, it sounds so cliche, but once I turned 30, you know, I was in this relationship that was long term, that, you know, was headed kind of where I thought it should at, you know, at 30 years old. And the last year of that relationship, I was having pretty severe anxiety, it manifested in an insomnia. And I would just be like, why can I not fall asleep. I also was working in San Francisco in a role that was, you know, very fast paced. It was, I was working in a startup that had just exploded and into, you know, over a billion dollars in revenue. We were just growing so quickly. And I, I was in a pretty integral role at the company. So there was just a lot happening. And 
I didn't know how to recognize anxiety. I just was like, why can't I sleep? I mean, literally there would, I would have like four days where I wasn't sleeping. And as you know, when you are struggling with no sleep, just like when you're hung, hangry, you're not really fun to be around. And so that, you know, that anxiety started kind of manifesting itself in my relationship, in my personal relationships, because I just wasn't, wasn't my best, you know, and I didn't know what it was. And so later when everything came to a head with losing my friend and that relationship ending, I really was like, okay, I need to make sense of everything. But not only that, so I started, you know, I was going through a lot of grief, a lot of abandonment at that point. You know, I, my whole, the two most important people in my life pretty much at that point had just disappeared all seemingly overnight. And I was, I had been struggling with anxiety that whole, that whole year and kind of didn't know about it. Mm -hmm. So what, what turned into, I wanted to honor my best friend who passed away. I wanted to find a way to break through the stigmas and the misunderstandings. And just the fact that talking about depression, talking about anxiety, all of that is something that, you know, is awkward. People don't talk about prescription drugs. They don't talk about you know, getting help, therapy. I mean, the last couple of years, our society has had a bit of a breakthrough with, you know, self-care trending, but it's just mm -hmm. not something that people feel comfortable talking about. And so in memory of her, I really wanted to, to make this a normal, you know, conversation, an everyday conversation. And I had already a pretty stable, you know, definitely not where it is today, but I had a bit of an audience online and I just thought, you know, I feel like I can use my experience in technology, my experience in marketing to use the ability to make the world a smaller place through the internet. I mean, we're seeing this right now with COVID and quarantine and everyone and their mom working from home, right? People that have never worked from home are, are jumping on Zoom meetings. Like technology right. has the power to make the world a smaller place. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to do my part to you know, leverage technology to be a positive tool to make people feel less alone and make people feel empowered to talk about the difficult things. I love that your journey started with your authentic caring about people and humanity and wanting to help your generosity. And, you know, you talked about how your uh, glass is more than full <laughs> perspective, not half full, but like overflowing. And um, one thing we left out of the bio is that you and I are actually really close friends. And I don't know if you remember, but we had a deep conversation one day when we were on the plane. And I was like, I, you know, you're so happy all the time and you're so kind and you're so loving and you're so generous that I, I for me, I was like, I, are you serious? Or how is somebody so happy all the time? Like, are you for real? Are you fake? I don't understand. I would get that a lot as a kid and, and growing up. And I remember being so like, not offended by it, but being like really struggling with, do people not see me as genuine? You know, and mm -hmm. of course, like being younger, you're just like so insecure about things and overanalyzing things. And I would always look back at like, oh my God, what am I doing to make people think that I'm inauthentic and I'm insecure? Mm -hmm. Like, or like that I'm, you know, possibly not, you know, meaning the best for them. And it's interesting now because having a bigger <laughs> platform online, you do, I, I get even more of that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's really encouraged me to be completely honest and open about the ups and the downs. 
And, you know, like I said, I was blessed with a pretty stable, not too sad childhood. Uh, My trauma came in waves later on in life. And it's made me really understand that I need to be vocal about the good days and the bad days. And that's kind of what inspired me to be vocal online about that stuff is because I would think back to my friend who who passed away. And I remember she would send me, you know, posts, and she would genuinely be happy for people of like, Oh, so and so got engaged, how cute, or look how beautiful this wedding is, or look how you know, this person got this job, they got promoted, they're killing it at life. And she loved it. And she would celebrate them. But it did put her in a comparison trap where she was thinking, mm-hmm everyone else is winning. And here I am, you know, not even close to having these things in my life. And that's obviously a lie. But that was what her reality was, is that everyone else is doing really great. And I'm not doing well at all. And to be very honest, social media was a catalyst for her feeling that way. And it was and that is really what inspired me to be like, I don't want you know, social media gets a lot of crap for being a toxic place. You know, we, yeah. there's bullying that goes online. You know, I know Samira, you have two teenagers, like that's crazy mm-hmm. to think of teenagers now, but you know, <laughs> you have two teenagers and, and social media is something that we didn't have at their age. And right. it is like, I really believe comparison is the thief of joy. And so for me, the way to break through that was sharing the bad and the good days. And you know, Samira, I know you, you follow me. And so, you know, like if I have a really shitty day, I share that I'm pretty open about it. If I have a win, I share it. And I remember even thinking before, like, oh, crap, if I share a good thing, you know, are people going to think I'm I'm just like bragging or self-serving? That was a hurdle I had to get over too. And I realized, mm-hmm. no, like, we need to share the highs, we need to share the lows, and we need to learn to be able to celebrate each other, but also have empathy and mourn with each other when we need to. Um, which mm-hmm. is why, honestly, right now, like with May being Mental Health Awareness Month in the middle of this pandemic... It's, I do think, and I love the name of you guys' podcast, um, because we really are not so different after all. And to know that the whole world is having to adjust their whole lives around this pandemic, I mean, this is not something we ever thought would happen in our lifetimes. And I think it really, you know, the silver lining in this is we're all realizing we're a lot more connected than we thought we were. You know, you're having celebrities like also, you know, bored at home. So it's right. just really cool to be able to see on technology that people are feeling a little more empowered to be to share their grief. You know, there's obviously a lot of sad stories we see, lives lost, but also people just being more open about where they're at because we're all in this together truly, you know, but if people aren't vocal, we're only seeing the good things and and that's where depression really kicks into high gear is when we think we're alone. So I think it's really important to just be super freaking honest online. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I'm actually happy to hear you say that. Uh, I, Samira knows how I am. I can I can be a bit of a skeptic. So hearing, you know, I would have some of those same questions too. Like when you hear people like, <laughs> oh, my cup's always overflowing. You're always just like, is it really? Yeah. Like we're, yeah. You know, we're, we're the bad days in there because we always have them. But one thing that I, that, that I heard you mention that I really wanted to touch on is you talked about the place and time in which tragedy struck, right? Late in life with the relationship with, with your roommate, some two people that were very close to you. And you talk about then making that conversion and saying, Hey, I need to use the platform that I have leverage technology, yeah. you know, let the world know that it's not, we're not that far away from one another. Right. Yeah. 
what were some of the things that you did to get to that place, right? You're obviously at that place now, but what what's along that road, right? After you say, I'm dealing with anxiety, I'm dealing with insomnia, I'm dealing with depression, you know, someone close to me has passed away. Uh, someone that, that I thought I was in this in this special place with is no longer there with me. How do you push through those obstacles, those barriers, those clouds, so to speak, and get to a place of saying, you know, hey, this is where I am now. I need to share with everyone how I feel and work towards being uplifting. Yeah, there's a couple things. The first one is I took my ass to therapy immediately. And I was like, I was at a rock bottom. I was trying to make sense of of really everything and anything. And I was just at a place where I needed to welcome peace into my life in any way, shape or form. I will say, you know, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents are, are pretty liberal and and not really your 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 average very traditional conservative christians by any means you know i was i grew up in berkeley and so it wasn't even that but i was a little bit i for some reason had, had taken on a little bit more of a conservative approach so there were a lot of things i'd blocked out you know and i had thought getting help you know things like reiki i was like oh no that's evil you know and so i wouldn't mm-hmm. go near it but to be honest i was in such in such a place where I needed to find peace no matter what that it made me really open minded, you know, to be able to to look at everything and be like, let me explore. And I'm really thankful for that because it helped me open up my eyes to different things that people need to do that in, in figuring out what works for them. And so therapy was something that helped me so much. And going to unconventional unconventional therapists and really just like exploring all of that, like mantras, um, affirmations, you know, reading books I probably wouldn't have read before, listening to podcasts I probably wouldn't have opened myself up before, and just really kind of like trying to be more woke, to be honest, to put it into layman's <laughs> terms, really helped me kind of open up and it truly made me feel empowered. And even if there were things that you know, didn't resonate or sit with me or work with me, it helped me have an empathy and an understanding for other people, you know, and I think that's the thing that's the root of all of it is just trying to understand oneself, and then understanding others more, you know, we really like we aren't so different, but we are different. And Mm -hmm. the more that we know about each other's differences, the less that gap exists. And so that's kind of like that was a part of the journey. Second was my losing my friend. My friend is truly my North star. I actually get a lot of questions when I'm speaking on tech and growth hacking and and digital marketing in general is how do you grow an audience? And for me, I really believed, and I was working with different startups and brands that were trying to, you know, get their brands off the ground and and have a digital presence online and and grow their business. But so I kind of took those tips and I was like, the end of all of it is people want authenticity. You know, Twitter Twitter was created and everyone got excited about it because we got to kind of see a sneak peek at our favorite athletes and our favorite celebrities and kind of what their normal life is. And that was really the draw. And so for me, it was like, well, why don't I just apply that? You know, why don't I lift the curtain and show people what is really happening here? There is actually a campaign right now going on with the Mental Health Coalition called How Are You Really? For mental health awareness month and it's really cool because how often like how we ask people how are you but when we ask that are we actually ready to hold the space 
for them to tell us how they really are doing? And how often do we ask, how are you? And really want them to tell us how they're really feeling, you know? And so it was really like, my friend needed that. And I knew her struggles. I knew what would make her feel better on a day. I knew what would just bring hope, you know, spark hope, spark joy in her. And I know what would spark sadness or, or comparison or, you know, depression. And for me, it was every time I post something, is it something that would make her feel lighter, that would make her laugh for a second, that would make her feel empowered, more confident, more encouraged, and more equipped to handle all that life throws our way. And honestly, because of that, I was like, I don't care. If, if, if I can help somebody feel a little less depressed today, if I can, because I really believe something I talk about all the time is, and something I implemented immediately was giving a stranger, giving five strangers a day a compliment. This is a rule I live by from the moment she passed away because I remembered how badass she felt when somebody complimented anything from her hat to her hair or whatever. And I really always say like, you never know how a compliment or asking someone, how are you really, will change their life. It really has the power to save their life. And we don't think about that. We don't think about the power that we have to make someone else feel less alone. And so for me, it's like, I have nothing to lose. I I don't really care what someone thinks about me as long as there's one person in all of my life who's like, you know what? I think life's worth living because I feel a little less alone right now. So that's kind of where, that's kind of my barometer for what I share. That almost made me cry. I just want you to know. Um, I've met your roommate uh, once at a party and I remember feeling real. It was, yes. I remember feeling awkward because I had just gotten divorced. I had two kids. I was kind of older and at a different place than everyone else at the party. And so I just kind of felt like out of place. And I didn't, it's not that I didn't know people there, but I wasn't, I don't drink much. So it was just, I felt weird. And I'll never forget that she didn't know me. She knew I was, she could kind of see that I was uncomfortable and she came up and introduced herself and was, oh, I'm Mandy's roommate and welcome to our palace and let me show you around and let me get you this. And she was just like, she just sat there with me. She was like, let's take pictures and just made me feel so included. So hearing you say that, like it really touches my heart because we definitely need more of this in the the world. And I do want to actually go back to something you said, because we were, one of the things we'd like to get out of these episodes is for people to walk away with what they can do right? So obviously one thing is follow Mandy on Instagram at Mandy and become her virtual BFF as well. (laughs) But I also want to learn more about unconventional therapy because we did speak with two psychotherapists earlier in the month, episodes 11 and 12. So I'm curious to know if what exactly do you mean by unconventional therapy? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you for sharing that story. Obviously, I love hearing stories about Alicia and they just make me so happy. But I think I wanted I want to say one thing too is depression does not discriminate. And we so often think that depression looks a certain way. When we mm-hmm. hear about a suicide and granted there's been, you know, a lot of celebrity suicides that take the world by storm because you wouldn't expect them, like people like Robin Williams, right? You know, Anthony Bourdain, who just has the coolest life. So that's one thing that I really do want to, I like to talk about is depression absolutely does not discriminate. And sometimes we're looking for a certain look. 
And we pass up on, you know, there's that quote that says, check up on your strong friends, check up on your Mm -hmm. friends, check up on your successful friends, check up on your funny friends. You know, that's the thing is like, everybody really needs to feel less alone and everybody really needs to be asked, how are you doing? You know? And so I do think that's, that's something we often don't do. And, you know, Alicia was someone who was the life of the party and who would stop and make somebody else feel loved. The fact that she struggled with with depression and ultimately took her own life doesn't take away from that. It's not your one or the other. You can be a loving, joyful, you know, fun, magnetic person and still struggle with these things. And I think yeah. that's why it's so important to be open about those things. Now, back to unconventional therapy. Uh, Reiki was something I got really into. Yoga was stuff that I got really into. I did try hypnotherapy too. It wasn't my thing just because I think I'm really high strung and, you know, I can't really (laughs) talk out like that. But I do know it helps for some people. And I I remember having a conversation with my mom because I got really into astrology too um, at a a time. And also, you know, I had lost somebody I loved. So I I was very interested in mediums and and things that I just would have stayed really far away from before. And Mm -hmm. I know these are all kind of polarizing things. Everyone has their own opinions. But I remember my mom was like, please, for the love of God, don't add you know, astrologer or psychic to your resume. And it was, we were laughing about it. I'll never forget. We were on a plane and she was just like, Mandy, I don't want you to become so into this stuff. This stuff scares me. And, you know, I was like, mom, the thing is I need peace. I have so much anxiety 24 seven. I can hardly breathe. If I get two hours of like uninterrupted sleep a night, I'm, you know, I'm thankful. And so anything that brings me peace, I have to, I have to kind of run towards. And I'm, I'm just looking for things that make me feel better right now. And obviously I'm not talking about things that, you know, truly aren't good for you. I'm talking about, you know, things like therapy and exercise. And even, you know, I lost over a hundred pounds simply because I started caring about doing things that made me feel better. And with that naturally came eating foods that make me feel better, that are better for me and working out and investing in myself to, to make me, you know, chase after that piece a little harder. So when I say unconventional, it means really finding what works for you and being open to finding out what works for you. I love that because I have the theory that, you know, we're all for, you know, I hate to quote Shrek, but we're layered (laughs) like onions, right? (laughs) (laughs) But it's like so brilliant, right? Like we are layered. Like they, as you said, you can be happy and loving and kind, but also have anxiety and depression and be bipolar or even schizophrenic. Um, You can be all of those things. So, you know, when people talk to me about like my mental health journey and things that I've gone through, I always kind of say the same type of things. Like you've got to try different things and you've got to nurture different aspects of your entire being. You got to take care of your emotions. You got to take care of your physical being, your body. You got to take care of your psycho- psychological well-being. You got to take care of your physical needs and all of those things. You got to look at yourself as a whole human being. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, therapy is great for one thing. However, you know, there are other things that you're going to need to do to address the other things like, you know, eating yeah. better and, you know, even when you're talking about the comparison trap, 
you know, who are you following on social media? What kind of information are you putting into your head? What kind of music are you listening to? What kind of movies are you watching? And all of that stuff that we do, these are all unconventional ways. I love the way you said it, unconventional therapy. Like these are all unconventional ways that we can take care of ourselves and improve our own mental health. What's so funny too is during that time, I actually, I mean, right after the breakup, no, but about a year later, I didn't drink alcohol at all for 13 months. And I wasn't, I was, I've never been a big drinker. It's never been something that got me excited. I'm just a social person. And I, it was a lot of my social life, you know, like obviously if you go out and, you know, like, especially at work, you know, you go to happy hours and it's all over. And it was just something I decided to do. I just was like, you know, I rather use that money on a soul cycle class or it just, I realized like my conversations with people after, you know, they've had even, even if I wasn't the one drinking, but if they've had, you know, three drinks, it just, it's not as meaningful anymore. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't enjoying it. wasn't doing anything for me again. You know, I'm not saying I I definitely, you know, will enjoy a couple of glasses of wine now. And I'm not saying there's a right or wrong way to do anything at all to, to each their own. But at that point in my life, I just felt like it wasn't for me, you know, Mm -hmm. and and as I was changing and evolving, I just felt like, you know, the, the conversations here, like I rather spend those, I rather spend that time with people that I can have meaningful conversations with or, you know, go on a walk with. And it was just a life change that I needed to make for myself. And it wasn't a forever thing. It was, you know, a little bit over a year thing. But it's interesting, dynamics of relationships changed too, you know, and it was really hard for me to accept But I started also realizing, you know, what friendships were revolving kind of around some superficial things, you know, and Mm -hmm. they just didn't belong in my future. And, you know, that's a hard change to make. But when you prioritize your mental health and you prioritize your well-being, sometimes, you know, what what worked in the past isn't going to work with in the future, you know, and as you evolve, everything else around you evolves, you know, your relationships, your body, you know, so many things. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing is I remember one time crying to my mom being like, I feel like I was so much more fun when I wasn't my I wasn't a priority to myself, you know, because I feel like people liked being around this was just, you know, obviously moment of weakness, but it was there was truth into it, that I was like, I feel like people really liked being around me a lot more when I was, you know, like didn't have these boundaries and then you start thinking about it and it's like but do I really want people like that around in my life is that good for my mental health and the truth of the matter was it wasn't and these are just really difficult conversations and questions you have to ask yourself Mm -hmm. no I I agree 100% I, I love that that focus on the focus on yourself um, whether, whether you, you get there through tragedy or whether you get there through natural development, progression, maturity, or whatever, getting to the point where you can say, who are the folks that are important to me that bring something meaningful to my life and who are the folks that don't? And that superficial conversation definitely resonates. And I think a lot of people can take a, take a quick moment and think about their own lives and say, Hey, I have some places where there are superficial things that are in and around me simply because this is what people do or because it scratches a, a, a social itch, right? And and yeah. people tend to focus on that. And it's not, you know, when you really pull back the covers a little bit, it's like, eh, there's really not a whole lot there. And right. listen, there's seasons in our life where that is the priority, you know, but it doesn't mean it has to always be, you know, and as our careers evolve, as our 
lives evolve, you know, maybe you start a family or whatever it is, like all things change, things shift. And I think it's important to acknowledge when a shift needs to happen. And that's, that's okay. We need to give our permit ourselves permission to do that. And, you know, what, what sticks sticks and what doesn't doesn't, you know, and I think it's, it's really important to just be open to the fact that sometimes change hurts. It's painful, but it's worth it. Absolutely. I know um, as you're saying that, it reminds me something my kids say for some reason, and I may be not using it in the same context that they use it, but they always say vibe check. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> like vibe check. And it's like, it's so true that if we can kind of take a second and, and do a vibe check, like how is this, how is this vibe here? Is this, is this good for me? Is this bad for me? What can I do to change it? Because what people don't also understand is that energy, you can change energy, right? You can make choices to alter the type of energy you have in your life and the type of energy you bring towards you. And it's so important for us to do those vibe checks and do those, you know, check that talk, that back conversation that's in the back of your head. And if it's negative, you know, I think you mentioned affirmations and mantras and those types of practices help rewire your brain yeah. from that negative dialogue to this positive dialogue. And it's so important to do those regular vibe checks. It just, when you were saying that, it reminded me of my son. Yeah, no. <laughs> so interesting. Two things on that is uh, there was a study by the neuroscientists at UCLA on just neuroplasticity and, and the way our thoughts work and how it impacts us. And I'm obsessed with this because the average person has 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day, which mm -hmm. makes sense why the heck we are so freaking stressed out sometimes, you know, like regardless, right? Uh, but of those 60 to 80,000 thoughts, 70 to 80% of those thoughts are naturally negative. So wow. that means me where I'm saying, oh, I'm, you know, I'm an eternal optimist. I'm still more than likely at 60% negative thoughts. You know, the pessimist is probably closer to 80%. Doesn't mean that somebody's happier or, or you know, than, than the other person. It just, it, it really is important to cancel out the negativity with positivity. So if we're putting ourselves in situations or we're consuming, you know, music, I've, I freaking love the dirtiest, worst music ever. But at the, <laughs> at the same time, it's like, you know, sometimes I got to do a vibe check because if I'm not in a good place and I am listening to, you know, songs about guys, you know, just really not giving a, sh a crap about girls and treating mm -hmm. them like horridity, you know, at some point it's going to make me feel bad about myself subconsciously. And right. so it's very important to do, and I will keep listening to that music, but vibe check because some days you can't handle it you know just like right now in this pandemic some days there is news that will trigger you so it's really important you know I start out the day with I do a have a you can just easily go into Pinterest or Google you know anxiety affirmations and find ones that resonate with you I have a list of 20 that I put in my iPhone and every morning I read them to myself and something I learned in my first year of therapy is anxiety manifests itself in different ways in the body. You know, some people will literally get, there's jokes in Farsi, Samira, you know, like we'll say, we'll make jokes about like when we're stressed out, we get diarrhea. <laughs> and I mean, it's, a joke, but it's like, 
you know, some people it manifests in their digestive system or getting a stomachache or cramping. For me, it literally is like a ton of bricks are in my chest and my lungs and I, I have difficulty breathing, which yeah. is not the best thing to say during, you know, coronavirus when that's a big thing. But the the thing is, is like I started realizing, oh, the second I have difficulty breathing, that's my trigger. Anxiety is manifesting in my body. And that was really my vibe check was like, okay, I, I can feel it. It's starting to come. I, you know, and just becoming aware of how anxiety was manifesting in me. And I would go outside, I'd take a five minute walk. You know, no one's going to say anything to you. You're allowed to go to the bathroom at work. So five minutes to go outside and, and take a couple deep breaths and pull up my iPhone note with my anxiety affirmations and say them out loud and not really care about what anybody else on the street thinks of me talking to myself on, and my phone really would help me. And that's, that's what I needed to do. So kind of talk, going back to those unconventional ways. And it's interesting because the negative thoughts in our head are reprogrammed, the more positivity we stuff in there, you know? And so just, it's so important as Nuri and Mansur would say to do the vibe check, like find out how you check your vibe and, and figure out what works for you and do that. So Mandy, I think that was a, a, a great thing, you know, as you're talking about the positive affirmations, the anxiety affirmations, it really made me made, made me think and go and I want to want to go back to your journey. And and after everything had happened, and you started to say, hey, you know, I'm going to try anything that I possibly can. I want to focus on mental health. I want to focus on peace. I want to focus on rest, sleep, even things as basic as that. What really was the time in which you started to really feel and see yourself turning that corner after exploring all these different things and kind of what were the results of that? Yeah, it was honestly a journey. Like I remember when I, when things first went down, I was like, you know, like feeling myself wanting to be free, like going out, like pounding rose, rose, just wanting to be social. You know how it is. Like you just get out of a relationship and you're like, let's, let's kick it, you know? (laughs) Um, And I had, I had a little bit of that and I realized my anxiety, my grief, none of that was going away. If anything, it was intensifying um, more and more. And it was, you know, I'd have, I'd go out and I'd, you know, be with friends that I love and my family would even be there. And, you know, I'd all of a sudden just have a moment where I would just be sobbing, crying because there was so much going on beneath the surface. And I don't know if Samira know, like can attest to this, but I'm not a, an emotional person really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've become a lot more emotional in the last couple of years because thank you, trauma. But, um, and I'm happy, you know, I'm embracing it more, but I would say like I had probably cried maybe five times in my adult life up until up until 30ish. It was something where it would barely ever happen and it was more like uh-oh we've gone too far and like a kettle just explodes. And so you know, it would be really bad when I would get really emotional and I just I started realizing I wasn't dealing with my grief, you know, and, and something needed to change and that's the beginning of me. You know, they say like self-care isn't selfish. And they say that for a reason, because a lot of steps you need to take on your journey to betterment and and to wholeness and to making yourself a priority is seemingly selfish to a lot of other people. There is a book called Boundaries that I really enjoy. And there's so many books about this, but I do really like that book. And there's so much to learn about boundaries. You know, I think so often we have zero boundaries. I mean, even now we, we were talking about social media earlier. 
it's it's hard to not have boundaries, right? We we watch reality TV. We feel like we have the right that we're entitled to have opinions on people's lives, right? That mm-hmm. we don't even know. And so it's just it's it's easy when you don't have boundaries with a person when you haven't established that when you haven't been your own priority and you haven't respected yourself in that way in your relationships for people to be offended when your boundaries go up. Cause they're like, I've known you this whole time and, and you never, you know, took a stand for these things. You never turned down a party. You never told me that you, you weren't available to help me, you know, for five hours before my kids, you know, first birthday, just making an example of that. But when you start having those boundaries because you're having other priorities in your life, it it can feel selfish and it can feel uncomfortable. And it's it's really not that easy. And I would say that I just really started realizing that making myself a priority and, and really making sure because I had a tangible, you know, I had serious PTSD. I wasn't doing well. My anxiety was through the freaking roof. And I just wasn't myself. I didn't feel like myself. I remember I had so many days where I would tell you know, my, my cousins or, or, you know, my parents, like, I don't feel like myself, I just want to feel like myself again. And so for me, it was really tangible, you know, of, of doing things that would make me feel better, feel worse, you know, and I, I remember this was hard for me, because I am a person who loves celebrating other people. I love throwing the freaking party to celebrate the person. And there was like a couple months there after that breakup where it was hard for me. I, I actually turned down going to wed a couple weddings. And it was weird for me. I've never turned down going to a wedding. You know, I'm the first to be excited to not only go, but be like, what can I do to help? Can I make your wedding favors? And it was like, I didn't even want to go because I just didn't fucking feel good. I didn't, I wasn't in a place to be able to go to a wedding and not be an absolutely grief struck in that I was single at 31, which might not be a big deal to other people. But for me, it's just not where my life was really where I thought it would be, you know? And so I just had a lot of grief around, around that stuff. And so my journey to wholeness was really working on doing the things that made me feel better and learning, relearning, reverse engineering, you know, what boundaries are in my life and and what is healthy, you know, and I always say I'm a recovering people pleaser. And it was something I really had to work on. There's there's a book by Rachel Hollis called uh, Girl Stop Apologizing. And that was, you know, also really helpful to me of like, it's it's okay, you know, you can have you can be selfish with your time, you know, you only have one life and you don't want to look back and say I lived it for everybody else and not for myself. And that is really where it kind of led me. I was, I've always lived in the Bay Area. I've always been nearby family and friends. I'd never really moved away. I, all of a sudden, I was always in a a career or a relationship. I didn't really want to leave at the time. And then all of a sudden, I was ready to leave my job. I had been there for five years, kind of had, you know, was, was losing that, that stimulation and kind of hitting a ceiling there. And I also was single. And I just was like, you know, I've always wanted to move somewhere. I've always wanted to live in either Paris or New York. And my career was heading in a way where actually New York was, there was opportunities there for my career. And I was like, I'm going to freaking get up and leave. And it is, it's funny when I look back, like people move all the time. But for me, 
that was a bold ass move for me. Like I sold all my stuff and I was like, I'm going. And, you know, of course I knew some people here, but I didn't have like close friends here. And it was, it was, it was a big move, you know? And I'm not the type of person that like, I had a cousin lived here, but I don't like depending on like one person to fulfill me. And I was like, it's going to be really hard, you know? And it's so interesting because in this pandemic, I've had a couple of moments where I've been really proud of myself because as an extroverted extrovert, I never for a freaking minute could you have told me stay two days in the house and don't leave. Unless I've had like bronchitis, I'm going to get out <laughs> and I'm going to like at least like go go for a run with someone or have brunch with someone, you know, like I have to see people. It makes me happy. And the fact that I've been solo quarantined in my apartment, barely seen anyone, I am so freaking proud of myself. And the reason why I know I've been able to get through it, and it has been hard. I have had like three-day stints where I'm like crying all the time and I miss my family. But I've realized that, oh my God, I actually love being with my own company. You know, (laughs) I've actually learned how to, you know, read a book, listen to a podcast, do things that are good for me. I have enough focus where I can do an at-home yoga workout. You know, like these mm-hmm. are things where even two years ago, if you to- if I was having to go through the pandemic two years ago, I would not be in a good place, you know? And I, it's nice to kind of look back and be like, you know what? I'm making strides towards a better me. And Absolutely. while I am not, I'm definitely not there and we're always a work in progress. And I think that's something we all need to recognize is life would be boring as heck if we ever arrived to a destination. You know, there's always, there's always opportunities to learn. There's always opportunities to be better. There's always the opportunity for improvement. And the thing is, is like, but at the same time, you know, during a marathon, that's why they have people cheering you on at different milestones and different markers. You know, you, you ran three miles, good for you. And then you got another group at five miles. Like, this is a marathon, but we should still celebrate when we can see that we've made some strides towards, you know, bettering our lives. And I think it's really important to do that. You know, and I love starting my day. I told you guys I do anxiety affirmations. Another thing I do is five things I'm grateful for. And I try to dig in and be like, you know, a, a lot of times during the pandemic, one of the things I'm grateful for is that I like being, I like my own company. And that's something where a couple of years ago, if you told me that, I would not enjoy being alone at all. Zero. You know, I'd be an escapist and wanting to hang out with a bunch of friends and focusing on their problems, not my own. So it's, it's, I wouldn't say I've, I've come to a journey of wholeness at all that I've arrived, but there's small wins that I'm really excited about. I think that's all amazing, especially you went your move from the Bay Area, from leaving your friends and your family and your church and your community and, and you know, years of friendships to go all the way to New York. That's a situation that could have broke a lot of people. And I'm just so proud of you and want to acknowledging, acknowledge you for thriving and, you know, staying disciplined in your uh, unconventional therapies and, you know, not only just getting past it, but also getting, putting out the space in the world for other people to thrive as well. And how does your uh, virtual BFF program and daily empowerment messages work? Yeah. And does that work on you as well? Like, are you getting as much out of it as you're giving? Yeah, I love that you brought that up. So this is really cool. I just was on a list actually last week, uh, which was a total surprise for me by Yahoo of 10 female entrepreneurs that are trying to help their communities thrive during COVID-19. 
And I had actually started this thing called the Virtual BFF Pep Talk Generator uh, before the pandemic actually really happened, a month before, surprisingly. And what it is, is my thought process behind my brand that I'm a virtual BFF is I want to be that person who you have those candid conversations with. You know, like when you have a best friend, hopefully, you know when they're having a bad day. You know when they're having, you know, drama with their baby daddy or, you know, their sugar mama or whatever the heck's going on in their life. You know all those ins and outs, you know, of what's going on. And I that kind of goes back to my thing of sharing my good days and my bad days. Like I want to be your what like you're you're scrolling on your phone and you're like, oh, that girl. Okay, let me see what she's up to today. And in the same way, you know, I always say like some of my most fulfilling work is what goes down in the DM. Because I talk about mental health and I talk about depression and ultimately suicide prevention is is the passion of my heart. I get, you know, people who don't want to talk about that, like in a comment, you know, so they'll send me Mm -hmm. a private DM and I've actually made some very meaningful connections. I've made real life friends that were people who followed me that, you know, we, we had shared experiences and shared trauma and, you know, we really hit it off and it's, so that's kind of the thought behind the BFF. My friend Alicia, she would send me so many things a day, memes, like the most craziest memes really cute puppy videos, like fluffy animals, like, you know, inspiring quotes and all of this stuff. And they would really help her. I mean, even sometimes I go back on her Instagram and she would always post in quotes that uplifted her, even quotes that people would send her. And for me, it was, you know, mantras, affirmations, positive quotes have become a big part of my life while she was here, but then also while she's not here. You know, I remember I'd miss her I'd want to text her and I would just go on Pinterest and and look up like quotes about self-confidence, empowering quotes. And I just think like, oh, she would send me these stuff if she was here, you know, and she knew what kind of day I was having. So that's just been kind of something that I've leaned on. And so I thought, you know what, I want to create this virtual pep talk generator where people can sign up for text messages and get a daily dose of encouragement from me. Just a quick like, you got this, you know, or just like a quick like, you got a cute butt, keep going, you know, like just like good (laughs) pep talks and we all need to hear them. Right. And again, we're not so different. We all want that affirmation in life. And so, and a good compliment goes a really long way. So you basically sign up for this general virtual pep talk generator. I also made an Instagram filter version of it. And because the pandemic happened, I have almost 6,500 subscribers now on the text message uh, virtual pep talk generator, which is cool. So 6,500 people wonderful. are, yeah, every day you're getting a message. And then the Instagram filter has 2.5 million impressions the last time I checked, which means, you know, 2.5 million people have seen a pep talk be generated on Instagram. Wow. And so it's really Can exciting. Can I say something about your filter real quick? Yeah. So I tried it. And it, it was, it was the filter where, cause you have a couple, right? This yeah. one was one where it was, you, it stopped on a word and you say like, you tag someone who inspires you or yes, who, yes. okay. So I did it and I got who inspires you. Right. And I was supposed to tag and share who inspires me. And, and you picked Ali, obviously. Obviously. Of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, come on. Most inspirational person in your life. <laughs> a podcaster. I can't stand him. Oh my god! <laughs> but this is where I kind of like I laughed at myself, but also 
you know, kind of like you were sharing your, your proud of you moment. This was my proud of me moment was the first person that came to my mind was me. I inspired. I love that. I was kind of like blown away that I would never have thought that way or been that way before I would have been like, you know, culturally, like you can't, like I'm Muslim. So my grandmother would be like, you know, anytime something good would happen, you'd have to say like all praises due to God or God willing or thank God. Everything was thank God. And not to, not to not thank God, but acknowledging ourselves wasn't like a common practice. So when I thought that I was, I wanted to message you. I don't know why I didn't, but I think I was a little embarrassed. I thought I kind of came off a little arrogant. Again, for all you know, it's not arrogance. It's, it's self-love. And we just, we, I mean, that's a milestone for you to love yourself. It is. Oh my God, girl. It was, it was like such a, a freeing feeling that it was like, I no longer need validation. I no longer need to look at someone else. I can congratulate and celebrate my girlfriends and even sometimes Ali, sometimes his successes <laughs> without <Sometimes>. like <laughs> comparing myself. You know, yeah. I'm glad you told that. I'm glad you told that story because I because I do want to do want to add to that story. You told a particular someone about how you responded and how you felt, and how did that particular someone respond to that comment? Remind me. Yeah, it was me. So I Mandy, know, I know it was you. Told me, she told me about this comment and she was like, am I a bad person? And I was yeah. like, hell no. And then from sure. that, we had an idea about uh, something that we're going to release soon too called No Inspiration Needed, which is quotes for those of us that are, that have reached a, a space or feeling like, you know, on a certain day, we're just in that space where we can look in the mirror we could look into our ourselves and our own lives and say, I am my best friend. I am the person that pushes me forward. I am the person that loves me the most because there is that. And to your point, Manny, it is a great place to be. It's a great yeah. feeling to have. We lean on the world. We lean on religion. We, we, we lean on our leaders. We lean on family, friends, and others in our community. But sometimes it's good to be able to lean on ourselves. Uh, For sure. You know, and it's important. There's a quote that I'm really digging right now is you can't love your future and the life that you're building if you don't love the, like, if you don't know I'm butchering it, but if you hate the experiences that shaped your past Mm -hmm. and it's, it's so true, you know, because a lot of times, especially like you were saying, Samir, culturally, it's like, there's so much shame around missteps and there's so much shame about um, you know, things like mistakes that we've made. And it's like, actually, the wound is where the light gets in, you know, right. like, though that you need that wound to be sh- sh- like, waved around, so that the light can get in so it can heal, you know, if not, it's kind of being with infection. And so it's so freaking important for us to, to be like, this is what happened. This is where I messed up. And this is where I'm going. And I, I do think that it's when you are confident about sharing your scars with the world that you're able to move forward, you know? And like, I mean, when you, when you hold on to your past, it's crippling, you know, if you're holding on to failure and to, to fear, you know, it's, it's just so crippling. And I really think we need, we need to really believe that rejection is redirection always. And, and really be proud of the times we've been rejected, the times we've, you know, had an open wound, the times we've fallen on our face because we got back up, we healed, 
And it led us to where we are today. And whether, you know, it's, it's always still like baby steps are still progress. We're moving regardless. So I just, I think it's so important to always give credit where credit is due. And a lot of times it's our damn selves, you know, because we were strong enough to make it through. That's right. Mandy, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been this has got me going through all kinds of emotions. Um, I love you so much, and I'm so grateful that you're my friend in real life and my virtual BFF. Why don't you let everyone know how they can connect with you and learn more more about the work that you do? Of course. So I'm at Mandy at Instagram, so just M-A-N-D-Y. Find me there. Send me a DM. I'd love to hear what you think about the podcast or if you have any questions at all about what we talked about. Always an open book. As I said, I love it when it goes down in the DM, so hit me up. And my blog can be found at girlandthe.com. It's not just me talking there. I have a team of really cool people with very different ages, backgrounds, ethnicities that are constantly contributing and sharing their stories too. We talk about everything from fashion to food to travel to the really heavy things like you know suicide, depression, anxiety, and just life advice. So would love to connect with you there. And thank you guys for having me here. Absolutely. Congratulations on your success. And I'm looking forward to seeing you grow even more and touch more and more lives. And congratulations on being on Yahoo's top 10 um, entrepreneurial uh, influencers. That's That's really, really wonderful. People of color, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you everyone for listening. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at WNS different. If you have any questions or feedback or want to learn more about the work that we do, send us a line WNS different at gmail.com. Ali, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we end the episode? You know, I just wanted to echo something real quick. I really appreciate you coming on Mandy and all the work that you're doing positivity. I love the fact that We are people of color and we are stepping into the fray when it comes to mental health, because I would argue that we need it more than anyone based on our struggles and the things that we've been through historically. So this is awesome for me and Samir is continuing to push me in that direction. So again, I love you for coming on and it's been, it's been an awesome experience and we'd love to have you back. I love what you guys are doing too. Keep doing this. Keep telling people that we really aren't so different. 